Good afternoon, Every Nation Rosebank. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we put up the, uh, the, the slide with Pastor Sai and Pastor Lindy? Um, and uh, some of you, especially those of you who are uh, visiting us or you, you, you haven't, um, we don't have it. Oh, there we go. Awesome. Uh, if, you, if you haven't been in our, in our family for very long, you might not be aware. I just want to introduce you to our senior leaders. Uh, that This is Pastor Simon and Pastor Lindy Lirafolo um, with their family pictured there. Now, the, the reason I wanted to uh, just um, highlight them is because I want to pray uh, for them quickly, and I'd love to invite you to join me. Now, uh, a, a practice that we have in this church um, is that... Uh, about every seven years, uh, for specifically with, with, with pastors, about every seven years a pastor um, gets to go on a sabbatical, um, and that's a time of refreshing, uh, just to go and be with the Lord, seek the Lord, receive refreshing, come back inspired, rejuvenated, with deep revelation, um, and keep leading us um, uh, with, with great excellence. And that time is rolled around for uh, Pastor Sian and Lindy, and so they'll be going um, on sabbatical. Uh, they're going to be splitting their sabbatical a little bit, so they're going to be, we normally uh, would give them a, a three-month sabbatical to go and be with the Lord. Um, they're going to go and be with the Lord, sounds like. They're going. <laughs> that would be something, you know. But, but no, we, we, haven't, we haven't quite worked that one out. Um, but uh, to go and spend time with the Lord. Um, so, so they're going to take a, a six-week sabbatical, and they're going to come back and be with us. And sometime later on next year, they'll probably take um, the other half of that sabbatical. So, uh, they, I mean, they've really run hard, really faithfully. They've led us with great diligence. So we release them to go on this sabbatical um, with great joy in our hearts. Uh, and I would love for you to just join me. I just want to... Um, uh, bring them before the Lord before we go anywhere else. So, Father, thank you so much for faithful, diligent, and excellent leaders. Father, we want to bring the little fuller family before you, even as they go off on sabbatical now, Lord, that you would really use this as a time of recharge and refreshing for them, uh, that they would just find just sweet spots um, of, 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 of affirmation, touch, refreshing, rejuvenation, uh, with you, Lord, that they would just have such unrushed times that they would come back ready, refreshed uh, for the new year ahead with new ideas, blueprints from you of how we are to take this city. And so we pray a blessing over their family, Father, that you would provide for this time in every aspect. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So part of what the sabbatical means, guys, is uh, please don't call them. Uh, they, they, uh, they won't be taking your calls, they won't be responding to any of your emails or WhatsApps, uh, because we really want them to unplug, we want them to, uh, to rest in their bodies, we want their minds to rest, and so we're really giving them good time away, so uh, I want to encourage us to all um, be in, in support of that, so if you have any problems, um, uh, I was going to say come talk to me, but I don't think, um, I would <laughs> Hold, hold them, hold the problems um, in faith. And, uh, <laughs> and if after six weeks the Lord still hasn't delivered you, uh, <laughs> then go on holiday. 
and then come back, and then, and then you'll, you can talk to them. <laughs> and if you really must, you can talk to me. <laughs> we, um, we, we, we're in our second week of our intentional relationship series, and so we started off last week talking about um, intentional relationship, uh, friendships specifically. So how do we do friendships intentionally? How do we purposely uh, go deep? And we, we, we looked at um, uh, some of the story of, uh, of, of the book of Ruth and some of the characters in there and what we could draw out of that. And so we'll be continuing down that line. But I just wanted to say this, and, uh, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, um, I'm not preaching today, but I, I, I did just want to um, open with this, that um, you know, when we talk about relationships, every aspect of this series is going to be valuable for each and every one of you because we all have relationships to one extent or another. Now, the temptation sometimes is to kind of switch off in, an, in a certain area and to go, well, that doesn't necessarily apply to me. Um, so friendship, awesome, I have friendships. Uh, courtship, dating pursuits, uh, not, not sure, married, I'm not married, that might not um, apply to me. But, but I wanted to look at friendships or, friendships or relationships in a broad context. Uh, friendships are easier in the sense that uh, we, we, we have uh, a way out. Um, when I, with my friends, if we come to, to, to a head, there's a way out for me. I can just go, look, uh, time out. Uh, I may call you back. I may not. Let's see how this, this, this friendship goes. As uh, uh, relationships develop, that way out becomes smaller and smaller. Uh, right, so when I'm in a, in a courtship dating situation, that way out is a little bit smaller. When I'm in a marriage relationship, that way out is, um, is, is very, very small. It's called death. Um, <laughs> it's there. I've looked it up. <laughs> now, the, the key... <laughs> in Friendships are really that space that God has given us grace to work out our stuff. And if we're faithful with our friendships, it's really that space where we can really work out our stuff to be excellent in every other area. Um, and I wanted to point this out, guys, that, that life is not a perfect system. And I'm aware that life is not a perfect system. And so we're not all in that scenario where, you know, I, got, I was born and then I was born again and then I got engaged and then I got married, had some kids and maybe dying. Um, this, yeah, the day. Uh, but but the, but life is messy. Relationships are messy. We're in different places, right? And we've had different uh, experiences, and we've made mistakes sometimes. And so uh, we 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 may not be, or you may not be, in a marriage relationship. Perhaps you are in a a dating relationship. Perhaps you're not in a relationship, and you desire to be. Perhaps you were in a marriage relationship, and you're separated from your spouse, or you, or you, or you divorced, or perhaps you're not married, but you do have children. It's messy. But what I want to tell you is that I don't care where you are. Um, I care that you're here. I care, I care that you're here in this room today uh, because God is in the business of redeeming lives. Um, so for me, I don't care uh, that, that you've made some mistakes and, 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 you, and, you, and you're going, well, I have a little bit of baggage maybe. I, 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 I'm, I've, been re, I've been married and I'm remarried or I'm not married and I have kids and I don't, my relationships are a little bit undefined. I have one that's a little bit complicated at the moment that I don't want to talk about at church. And you know, 
you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Um, the Lord is not done with you. And so, and so we, we, want, we want to delve in this. And so I want to invite uh, Snetemba up here. And she's going to help me with a very quick exercise uh, that uh, is going to help frame our thinking as we go into, uh, uh, into this next session. And, uh, and then I'll call up our, Snetemba, you can come, up, come, on my, come on up here. And then I'll, I'll, I'll call up our, our speakers. Thank you, Pastor Lareko. Afternoon, 12 o'clock church. Okay, can I get my slide, please, and a little bit of music? Because we're going to be playing a game. Okay, and while the music is playing, I just want to explain some ground rules. And um, what you will notice about this series is that we've been playing a lot of games. So last week we played a game and um, we huddled a little bit and you spoke to some people around you. And today we're going to do things a little bit differently. The game is called Cupid Wants to Know. Okay, so before we play this game, I love what Pastor Lerica has said because what he's talking about is it doesn't matter where you are right now in your relationship or even within yourself, looking at your relationships from outside, like you're kind of ashamed of them or worried. Um, we're going to be having a couple of questions that are come up on the screen, and I want you to shake off that feeling. <sighs> Don't think about it too long. All we're going to do is answer yes or no. And how we're going to do it is that there's a number on this uh, thing on the side. The number is 0827477875. And you're going to pull out your phone. Very simple. Okay, so pull out your phone. Yes, we're using our phones at church. And I know how WhatsApp works. It's a little bit difficult. So because you don't have this number saved, there's a two-step process. You're going to have to go to WhatsApp. And when you're in WhatsApp, you're going to have to say a new message at the top. Depends on how technologically inclined you are. So you're going to say new message. Or, or if you have like a phone like mine, there's a little green button at the bottom for a new message. And then you say new contact. I suggest you save it as Cupid. Okay. And then once you've saved the number Cupid, then you can run down your questions. So we want to make this easy for Cupid, right? Save the number 082-747-7875, Cupid. That's the first step. Then the second step is we're not going to make this difficult for Cupid because we're not going to send seven different messages. We're just going to send one message. And in your one message, you're going to say one, and you're going to say why or N. You read the question. If your answer is yes, you say why. If your answer is no, you just say no. Next question, two, why, or N? Three, why, or N? That's all you're doing, one message. Then I'll give you a second to just go through this.
Okay, I'm gonna give you 30 more seconds. <laughs> like most of you have sent your message to Cupid, right? Okay, so I'm going to hand over to Pastor Lareko so that he can introduce our speakers for today, and then at the end, we'll wrap it up and find out what all of you had to say. Awesome. Snitemba, um, we're going to get people to send their profiles to, to Cupid, and we're not, we're not going to match. <laughs> Guys, I tried. I tried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I may or may not know who Cupid is, so if you want to talk to me with a little bit of cash in hand, you can come and uh... <laughs> we're, we're going uh, to have a look at uh, what, what, uh, what these results look like at the end, and we're going to tie it up um, with, with our message today. But I want to introduce our, our, our speakers today, uh, and that's uh, Tamsanga and Natasha Neta, and you guys can join me up here. So, so we, we, we are in for a treat today because these are two, I mean, they're two great friends of mine and we know, know them well and can really vouch for their, for their character. But also, I, I had a front row seat um, to, to when Tommy was pursuing Natasha, uh, when, he, when he first met her and right through to them getting married. So I'm, um, it's, it's, a, it's a very cool story, uh, but we've asked them to really unpack a little bit of their, their story, but we really want the Bible, so we asked them to... Um, to, to delve into the Bible to do so. So we're, we're going we're gonna to hand over to them and then we're going to come back to, to Cupid a little bit later. All right. Uh, one, two. Oh, great. Um, so firstly, I'm still feeling the tingles of that last worship song. Uh, it always gets to me when uh, you worship and you read, God has no rival. Um, it's quite interesting that God competes with nobody. Uh, there's no one or nothing in this earth that is incomparable or in competition with God. A lot of people make us believe there's yin and yang, there's a balance, there's a weight, there's good and evil. No, there's just God. Uh, Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and all that dwell therein. And it even goes even further, it says, lift up your heads, all your gates. Lift up your heads, all your everlasting doors. Let the king of glory come in. Who is this king of glory? It is the Lord, strong and mighty. So it just, I still feel those, uh, uh, it's a song that ministers to me. Anyway, um. We're going to get deep into this. Uh, some of it is going to be PG-13. So those of you with babies in the back, God be with you. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, um, also, I think it's also important to, to stay, say what Pastor Lerico said, that we, we really are trying to portray the gospel first, and the gospel then in the context of courtship. Right? Uh, so I guess it's a good idea to pray, yeah? Yeah, let's pray. Uh, Most High God, ruler of heaven and earth, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that your word is everlasting and will dwell forever and ever. Father, we pray today as we speak that you give us grace and wisdom. And God, by all the power that you are known to be God, we pray that you loose every shackle, you break every chain, you pull down every stronghold and set captives free. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 
Um, it's always good to read the word um, so that you know it's not our own opinion. So if we could start with the, the first slide. Um, and as Pastor Lyric was set up in terms of last week, it was speaking about me in the context of friendship with both male and female, and we'll be sharing um, specifically in the context of, of a courtship relationship. So I'll go straight into the word. We've got quite a, a bit to, to get through, um, so bear with us. But I think it's important because what we're sharing is, is in the context of it. So from Ruth 2, now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor, Naomi said to her. Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go ahead, glean in another field, and then go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the woman. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars they have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about you, what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to an epiph. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over from after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead, she added. The man is our close relative. He is one of your guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, 
He even said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and weed harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Thank you for tracking with us. Um, if you can go to the next slide, please. So in terms of the context of the scripture we've just read, I think for me, as I reflect on what we're sharing this afternoon, the first thing that stands out is what is said up prior to Boaz actually seeing um, Ruth in his field, is that Ruth, having come back to Bethlehem from Moab, was busy about her own business. Um, I think if we look at the context of relationships um, as we're talking about them today, I often in my mind think of a spectrum. So on the one hand, you have people who feel, you know, I don't need a man, my life is about myself, etc. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who almost have this unnatural obsession to, to find somebody. Um, and I'm not sure where, and here I'm speaking to the ladies specifically, where, if you're really honest with yourself, where you would place yourself on that spectrum. But what it is to say in terms of this first slide is really that the desire you even have to be with somebody um, of the opposite sex is, is a God-given desire. Um, and one should be open to that, um, but also realize that there's such a special season ahead of finding the person you're going to marry um, that is so important, where it's really about you spending time on yourself. Um, Ruth, in terms of being about her business, was an industrious woman, um, a woman had, who had focused in terms of making sure that as she related and um, spent time with Naomi, that she was doing what was required to, to meet their immediate needs. Um, she was also focused, and, and this is kind of just summarized in terms of saying the hustle. Um, if we look at Ruth 2 verse 2, um, it speaks to that where she says, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I found favor. So she went out into the field. Um, and certainly for me, if I think of my personal testimony, um, a lot of how I approached, you know, even before Tammy, who I know to be Tammy now, had come onto the scene, you know, God really spoke about spending the time to actually figure out who you are, find your identity, and begin to start obeying him in terms of what he is calling you in that season leading up to you finding your partner. Um, I remember a conversation that stood out for me so clearly in varsity. I studied in Cape Town, um, was involved in what uh, was his people back then, um, you know, in campus ministry, had gone on mission trips, and was really focused on, you know, Lord, I want to learn as much as I can about myself, the sort of person that you've created me to be with, and, you know, show me what it is that you would have me do it in the season. And at the end of honors, I remember sitting down with um, my connect leader at that stage, and she, she said something that I found so strange. She said, you know, have you started to feel the itch? And I remember saying, okay, <laughs> what itch? And we then had a further conversation where she outlined how something happens in your final year of university as a woman. You've kind of ticked the box in terms of um, getting your degree, if, if obviously um, that's the, the path and, and direction you've gone, but there's a societal 
norm that says, right, you know, the natural next thing once you've gotten your degree is to find a man. Um, and I refer back to the spectrum that I used where, you know, on the one hand, you have people who are very obsessed. You know, I want to find a man and that's all they plow their energies into. Um, and others, for whatever reason, you know, likely to be valid on the other side of the extreme where, you know, the desire is not there. Um, and here I'm not speaking to people who've been set apart um, in, in terms of living a, a life, you know, outside of, of marriage as a woman. But I, I remember that conversation really stuck in my mind. And I went through a season of reflecting and kind of asking myself, like, Lord, do I have that desire? And if the answer was yes, between the stage that I'm at now and when this person arrives, what would you have me do specifically? Um, and that looked like, as I mentioned, just growing in intimacy with God and um, really before, you know, I got into a relationship and, and, and once you step into a relationship, um, the, the issues you haven't dealt with become magnified. Let me spend time on, on myself um, and figuring out what I'm about, you know, what, what makes me tick, um, what sort of person in terms of the things that God is speaking around purpose do I imagine myself to end up with? Um, and a lot of the, the work... In, in my view, and, and this was my experience, has to be done at that point. It's very difficult when you then start um, having an affinity towards a, a person of the opposite sex to at that point start dealing um, with yourself. And, you know, it was just from, you know, Lord, what am I about? How have you made me? How have you created me to be? And what sort of, you know, friend, you know, before we even talk about, you know, the, the relationship thereafter, what sort of friend are you calling me to be um, with the people that you've placed me in relationship with? Um, and I think only you know for yourself what that season will look like, and it's about journeying with God. But as women, I think it's important to kind of demystify this whole thing around, you know, I sit and wait for the person and he must just find me. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that is involved um, at a very personal level, and um, through various things that are offered in the context of the church, you know, Victory Weekend, Connect Group, um, being accountable to people, I really began to understand, okay, um, maybe it's best that I journey with God in the season because there's a lot of internal things that I need to, to deal with and um, go into that next season as, as a whole person. She's actually being nice, right, uh, with what she's saying. <laughs> so when I met her, she had just come back from a two-year stint in Australia. So she decided she wanted to go to Australia and work for two years. God knows why. I don't. God knows. Australia. But, uh, <laughs> but, but when I met her, I actually met her doing her master's, right? So um, uh, the parallel to the scripture is simply this, that uh, Ruth was really about her business. She, she got there. First, firstly, you've got to ask yourself why she decided to go with Naomi. Like she... She, she, she was at home, she was comfortable in Moab, and she decided, I'm just going to go to this new place, random place, and I'm just going to stick with this old chick. And, and they went, right? And she then gets there, and instead of sitting around and waiting, she's like, hold on, we're hungry? Are you hungry, Naomi? Yes, we're hungry. I think me, as Ruth, I'm going to go find food, right? It's, it's that concept that you, as a human, must be about your business. Right? You can't sit, and this is, is not gender specific, like, you need to be about your business. You can't sit idly and hope that things are going to work out the way you want. Right? You've got to really go out there and, and pursue the purpose God has given for you. Um, and, and, and the controversial part about this is that marriage is only a part of your calling. 
right? So, so a lot of people embrace marriage as the core. It's a part of the. So when you stand before God and account for your life, how you treated your spouse is one of the things you have to go and account for. There's others, right? So it, it, it's important. Uh, next slide. She was being nice. I had to throw that in. <laughs> okay. So, so this is particularly for the gents, right? Boaz did his research. If, if, you, read, if, if, <laughs> if you read through, right? This guy, firstly, rocks up from Bethlehem. So the parallels for me are fantastic. I rocked up in Cape Town, <laughs> and I found her, right? Uh, and, and he gets there, and he calls his employees. He's like, hey, bruh, come here. Um, who's that girl? And this, funny enough, these guys also have information on her. Oh, no, she's that lady who came from Moab with Naomi. They even emphasize, if you read the scripture even deeply, they say she's the Moabitess from Moab. Like, it's the South African from South Africa? Like, they, they understand where she's coming from, right? So they knew who she was. They had depth of who she was, and he then did this research. And what the Bible doesn't say is between that time and the time he actually spoke to Ruth, what actually happens, if you read even deeper, he, at this point, they're just like, oh, this is who she is. Then when he meets her over food, so coffee, guys, good idea. Over food, he invites her to eat, right? And he says, sits there and he says, look, I know who you are. I know what you've done for Naomi. So he, he, has, con he, has, he has context. And on top of that, he says, God bless you for what you've done, right? So what I'm doing matters, right? And me knowing what the person I want to be with is doing also matters, right? So, so I need to have context of the person I am looking for. I need to have some investigation. And you see, this is why we tell you to go to, 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 to connect groups, right? You can have a conversation with a connect group leader about someone. And it can actually be a clean, above-the-board convo. You can sit there and say, hey, there's this lady over there. Is she legit? Right? And, and, and you can, where is she from? Where did she go to school? How is her family background? And this is not to say you want to discriminate against her. Like, he invited her knowing she was a Moabitess. And if you know the history of Moab, Moab was the son of Lot, Lot's daughters. So Lot and his daughters escaped Sodom and Gomorrah. They get into this bush and cave. And the daughters sit together and they say, you know what? There's no man who's going to love us, so let's sleep with our dad and we'll have children. And they said, firstly, we make him drunk. Now, I don't know where they found alcohol in the bush, but hey. <laughs> right? And they made him drunk. And, and, and one of them was Ammon and the other was Moab. So Moab was a result of incest with Lot. Right? So, so she comes from that environment. He knows that. And knowing that still says, God bless you. Huh? So, so, in essence, your background should not be the reason why I say I like you or I don't. What should be there is, do you love God, and does your life reflect that? So, I have to investigate that. But, yeah. You want to end? Yeah. No. Okay. Next slide. Investigate. Can we do our background checks, Jens? Can we understand the women we're dealing with? Let's, especially, and I'm, I'm going to say this very importantly especially in the society we live in, right? Where people grow up without fathers, broken homes, people grow up with single moms. Can we take the time to understand the people we're pursuing? Right? It's important. I think just to add there, also as women, you know, to be open to just having coffee. You know, coffee is just coffee, you know? Until the guy is explicit in 
saying where he sees the friendship or relationship going, I think, yeah, let's, let's not be awkward. Um, and there's obviously uh, safe ways of doing things to, 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 to protect one another, but, yeah, I also think just as women, you know, it's okay to say yes to coffee. Um, yeah. Yeah, or, or, or a full-blown meal. Or, but, or uh, a meal. Uh, we're not restricting <laughs> you but, but to a beverage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, 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 another one to the gents. There's one thing, there's one introduction that has a 100% track record. Hi. If you go up to any lady and you say hi, it, it, she will say hi back. That hi back may not be to your liking, but she'll say hi back, Right? And, and, and what's important here is Boaz stepped to the plate. He wasn't intimidated by who Ruth was. And, and it's a critical because if you look at their CVs, right, Ruth was a Moabitess, and I've explained the history of Moab. Two, she was an immigrant. Right? So she wasn't from there. We don't even know if they spoke the same language for all we know. right? Three, she was a widow. Right? And four, there was no evidence of her being able to bear children. And in Jewish culture, that was fundamental, right? So he knew she had been married before. She has no kids. But nah, he still stepped up to the plate. On the other side, we have good old Boaz, wealthy guy, single. So, so when they sing the song, I'm a blesser, they're talking about Boaz, you Because know? he's this old guy with lots of money, but he's single, right? Oh, already, that should say something, right? Secondly... He was prone to drunkenness. If you read in the third chapter, when Naomi instructs uh, Ruth on how to capture the guy, uh, one of the things she says, when he's full of wine and he's lying down, go after him, right? So he was prone to having one or two. And then, and then the third thing is, is, is his mother was Rahab. Rahab was the prostitute who hid the spies of Joshua. So his mom was a prostitute. So he had baggage. She had baggage. We all have baggage, right? So when we approach each other, we must approach each other understanding that we all have baggage. And here's the one thing my beautiful wife has taught me over, over the course of our marriage, is that nobody is 100%. You at best will get 80% of what you need from someone. Nobody next to you, beside you, will give you everything you always need. It just is the way life works. So if you are looking for 100%, you're going to be hurt, right? There's parts of my life that can only be addressed by my boys. Just, it's just God has created it like that. There are parts of my life that only God can address. So when you are looking for someone who's a panacea to everything, you're actually looking for God. Stop looking for someone to date, right? And it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, and to give some background for, so before I met my wife, I was in a six-year relationship, right? And th this relationship ended, I was in my fourth year, I was, I was, I was now preparing to go in Lobola, I'd saved the money, and, and the lady I was dating at the time decided she didn't want any more of the relationship, right? Broken. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I, I was broken, because I had put all my stock in this human, right? I, I, I felt this was my person, um, her and me and God are going to do this thing, and we're together, Right? And suddenly, this person is gone. Now, I'm, I'm sleeping at night. I can't text anyone. And this, and this was before Mixit, so never mind WhatsApp. So, so we used to buy SMS bundles. Never, no, right? 
now there's no more good night texts. There's no one to talk to. Like, I was ruined. There were times in my life I just didn't want to even get out of bed. I was just like a mess. Thanks be to God, my friends were there. They were laughing at me in the background, but they were there. Right? Uh, and, and, and this process led me to really deal with me. Right? Because my first step was like, I'm going to make so much money, she's going to like, disappear in the background. Then God was like, what if I make her Oprah? Then what? Like, she's going to be a billionaire and you're going to say what? So your whole life is now going to be just trying to solve that you are better. And it started dealing with me some other things. What if the person I'm so, you're supposed to be with, Tommy, has three children? Or what if the person I want you to be with is divorced? What if the person I want to be with you is white? Literally, I had to think, I'm like, what? <laughs> right? And, and this is God dealing with me, right? right? And, and, and having to walk through that and be at peace with the Lord who provide, right? It's Jehovah Jireh. It's him who does the provision. Me, I do the execution. Him, he does the provision, right? And having to walk through that. And, it, yeah, it's important. I think parallel to that... Um, I was born again in, in 1998, and for a couple of years after that, you know, God dealt with various things, but when it came to the area of relationships, I was like, you're Lord, Lord over everything except this. Um, and I, for a couple of years, tried to, prior to going to university, tried to figure things out on my own, um, and it was not a biblical view on things, and I think through that, you kind of go, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm your child. Like, why am I not experiencing joy? Why am I not experiencing peace? And God was saying to me in, in, in that season, you can't decide to do it your way and expect the promises that I promise only in a particular context. And I think it's so critical, you know, as, as women that, you know, it really comes under God's lordship. Um, we try and figure things out. Um, and even when I thought about how I navigated relationships. It was outside of God's word. It was largely through friends, what I observed around me. Um, now, I mean, yeah, with media and Instagram and all of that, I can't even imagine the onslaught to things that are contrarian to God's word, mm -hmm. how you have to draw a line in the sand and make a decision to say, Lord, the only way to navigate this is, is your way. Um, and I think through that, I then realized, okay, God, you know, over to you. And I then, you know, said, from now on, unless you tell me to move, I'm, I'm not going to move. Um, and so even when I met Tammy, you know, there was a, a little bit of irritation because he was kind of 10 steps ahead of me and, you know, really asking questions and wanting to get to know me. And I was like, no, you know, it's me and, you know, Jesus, I'm, I'm not interested um, but having to work through that brokenness to actually say, no, you know, Lord, I give this to you, you know, heal my heart, because only from that perspective can I even begin to engage with, um, with someone and, and even contemplate it, having done it my own way and gone, okay, it doesn't work. Um, you know, yes, the desire is there, but Lord, you know, I'm just going to almost put up this wall. Um, and so having to go through that process of, of God saying, if you do it my way, it's a safe space, and you can really... Um, start to, to, to um, grow a friendship with, um, with Tammy. And so, yeah, that, uh, that was uh, back in, in, in 2009. In summary, being whole is your responsibility. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, have to, you have to embrace that. Uh, and then secondly, as a gent, 
you also have to be, embrace the risk of her saying no. Right? You have to embrace that risk. You have to accept that me pursuing this woman doesn't mean she'll want me. Right? And if she says no, accept that. It's part of the risk of human nature. Right? Uh, and it's a very important thing to, to acknowledge. Uh, next slide. This is a, I'm hot about this part, right? Uh, my wife actually had to calm me down. Right? Because if you, if you read, Boaz rocks up to his field, and then after he talks to, to, to Ruth, he says, I've instructed my men not to lay a hand on you. Which actually means, gents, that Ruth actually could have been physically or sexually abused. Practically, that's what it means. Boaz had to step into that gap. He had to say, on my field, there will be no laying on of hands on you. Gents, it's important for us to protect the honor of our sisters. Very important. Very important. Right? We need to step in the gap. It's unacceptable for society, we as men in society, to be abusing our women. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. We have to step in that gap. We have to say no hand will be laid on her, not only by others, but by you. And you don't even have to be dating her. You don't even, if she is in your chair, if she's sitting next to you, bruh, you should be protecting her. Bottom line. Like, we can hide around every corner, we can choose to say how we want, but if she's sitting next to you right now, you are responsible for her safety. Because the field is ours, <laughs> the field is ours, we must protect it, right? And, and Boaz had to step in there. And it's, it, it even goes even further. Naomi says to her, in the things, verse 22, she says to her, look, actually, I'm glad you're with Boaz. Because if you go anywhere else, you may be harmed. Dude, let's take some time to think about that. Right? That me picking up wheat is harmful. My God, like, clearly there's nothing new under the sun. Right? Clearly, right? We, we have to protect the honor of the women in our lives, guys. Right? We have to protect the honor of the women we date, the honor of the women we marry, the honor of our mothers, our sisters, our cousins, the ladies in our connect groups. We must protect their honor. Right? Boaz was clear, very clear, to the point where he even told the other guys, don't even rebuke her. Think about that. He said, don't even rebuke her. The way we speak to our women is significant. How are you talking to the people of the opposite sex? How do you communicate to them and or about them? Right? It is fundamental to the culture we have. We have to battle this culture. It is toxic. We can't afford it. The Bible is clear about this. Right? So it's important that even when we are with our, our, our women, we, they must feel safe with us. They must feel that we're going to protect them. They must feel that we're going to speak to them and speak with them in an honorable manner. Doesn't mean you won't argue. Doesn't mean you won't have conflict. But she knows that even if we have conflict, she's safe. Your hand won't be raised. It's a critical element. Yeah, I'll let that go for now. <laughs> We can go to the next slide. Um, I think I'll let the, you lead yeah. this one. So, <laughs> I think 
accountability is something we hear over and over and over again. Um, in this season of courtship is one, you know, looks to um, execute <laughs> and step up to the plate, it becomes so critical. Um, strangely enough, for Tammy and I, as we got closer to getting married, the harder it became. Um, and it was great because the couple that we were walking with actually said, you know, exactly how things played out. And I think we take for granted that the strength lies between the two of us. Um, you need to have a relationship that is in community and plays out in community. I remember when um, we were looking for, for, for couples to, um, to walk with and eventually found this couple and, you know, we had discussed pros and cons of various couples based on availability, um, you know, what their lives spoke to, the journey that we were going on. And for the couple that we ended up walking with, what stood out so much for us was just their honesty and vulnerability from the outset. Um, they were clear in terms of, okay, what are your expectations? This we can do, this we can't do. And almost set the tone for us to be able to interact and engage with them. Um, they were quite practical, which we appreciated. Um, and so said to us, you know, write down your expectations of yourself as you progress in the season, but of one another. Um, and so one of the things that Tammy and I, based on kind of our background with relationships, et cetera, and just really wanting to pursue in the season and, and walk the season in a way that was honoring God was our decision around not kissing. So we didn't kiss until our marriage day. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, let's be legalistic about these things, but we had to have an honest and frank conversation with one another and say, you know, if, if we do decide to do that, it's not going to end there. And the wheels will quickly, <laughs> will quickly fall off. And, and, and that, that's as real as you need to be. Um, I think, um, and in my language, you know, just be clear and know yourself to that extent. And so we, we set the bar high. Um, there were times, I'm not sure for Tammy, where I thought, oh, maybe it was a bad idea. Oh, you know, Lord, um, how will you know if, you know, if there's chemistry in terms of that? Um, side of things, but w we knew that if we were we going to... So. <laughs> yeah, the plumbing works. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we had to go into it just with almost a sober-mindedness around, you know, we have to set the standard high, because if we don't, it's going to open up things that um, will make us not able to honor God um, in the season. And so... Awesome. Yeah, I think for us it was just really important to, to, to have friends around us and um, to give friends carte blanche to say if you see things or hear things that are inappropriate, be able to come in and tell us. Um, so that was really useful. Yeah, yeah, you also need someone who holds you accountable. You must stop being equotani with people's hearts. Uh, you need someone who's going to say, but um, I think uh, three, three ladies in a year, yes. there's a problem. Uh, Right? We actually need people who are, who are open to, who will hold us to that standard. Right? Uh, the next slide, last one. So I'm going to land this place. So what does a successful courtship look like? So uh, a, successful, a successful courtship is not necessarily one that are, are, are concludes in marriage. Um, a successful courtship is one where God's will is done. So you may arrive at the end of it and you may realize we're actually not supposed to be together. That is successful. You've done your job, especially if you did it right. Okay, uh, then post that is ending in marriage and being intentional about how the two of you live. 
So those are the two. There's so much more we could say, yeah. but uh, we live in a limited world. Yeah. So uh, thank you for hearing us. Yes, thank you. <laughs>
I'm going to hand over to Natasha to wrap up for us. That was awesome. Don't you agree? Tommy, Natasha, that was awesome how you share. Um, One thing that I love about this community, the Every Nation Rosebank community, is that the people that's already married, that already walk that journey, is always available to walk the journey and mentor those who are starting it now. And I would like you to encourage today, you know, um, if you... Going into a new relationship, get someone that can, that can mentor you, that can keep you accountable, because that helps a lot. Of course, we need to be open to the heart, you know, discipline and things that need to be said. But at the end of the day, while they were speaking, I was thinking about, it's not about me. It's not about the person that I'm dating or getting married to. My first relationship is with Jesus. That's the most important. And I'm accountable to him. And that's where it starts. And it all filters through to everything that we have. I think that was brilliant. Thank you again, Tommy and Natasha. That was so good. As you are all aware, once a year, we have the 94.7 cycle challenge, which It is a challenge for some of us because to get to church is quite a challenge. So there is some maps in the foyer available. Um, Just a suggestion, this is um, out of experience um, because we normally work um, traveling from Kempton Park. Get on the N1, not the M1, and the the Nick one, and go to Ruerapoort side, take the Malibongwe and come through Linden. If you try the other way, you're not going to be in time for the church. Maybe the five o'clock service. <laughs> so please just be aware that the next week is the 94 points, um, 94.7 cycle challenge. 